yes, yes. What is this? What is this? What is this that we're all here this morning? I'm saying I know some of you. What is this that we are here this morning? What is this? This fire in our souls when some of us felt burned up and burned out and burned down in so many ways. What is this coming alive again? What is this? This thing in us that makes it possible somehow that this heart that's been hurt, that's been broken, that's been wronged, that's been burned, has somehow been able to find a sense of love, a love even for those who have righteously wronged me. That's a mystery, but it's one I'll take. <laughs> what is this? What is this that I am having love even for my friends? <laughs> you know, because I know my friends. I mean, I know my friends, and I love them anyway. What is this? What is this in us? What is this thing that won't let me be ashamed? Did you hear her sing it? What is this that won't let me be ashamed? We are a people who have felt like it couldn't be any other way. So much shame inherited, put upon, read about, preached at, so much shame taken in, carried on, strapped around, bonding us. So much shame. What is this that has us here this morning and won't let us be ashamed anymore? What is it? I'm just saying I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly. And if I act like I do know, you can show me the door. What I do know is this, whatever it is, whatever that thing is, it's what matters most. That's what matters most. Whatever that is that has fired up my soul, brought me love where there has been harm, brings me love for those who claim me and whom I claim, whatever it is that will not let me be ashamed. That, that's the deal right there. That's what matters most. Paul begins his letter with a question that I personally love. Now, I know this isn't the technical beginning of the letter, for those of you who are all doing that right now. It's the beginning of the scripture passage that we're working with today. But it is one of his opening questions, and he says to those people he's writing to in Philippi, he asks them, what does it matter? That is a great question. What does it matter? And he's saying this in response to those people in Philippi who have been communicating with Paul. You see, they've been communicating with Paul 
Well, they have a situation there. Maybe a couple situations there. It seems that those people in Philippi, they're part of a community of faith where some folks are doing church stuff just for their own ego. I know. Can you imagine it? Some of those folks in Philippi, they're part of that community of faith, and they're going around, and they're praying for people, and they're spreading some good news, but they're just doing it so other people think they're great. So the people of Philippi are complaining to Paul. People aren't acting right here in our church. Well, they didn't say church because it wasn't exactly church, but you know what I mean. They're complaining to Paul about how they're not really saying the prayers the way that, you know, Paul had told them they could be trying to pray. They're not exactly doing it right. You know, they are reaching out and they are trying to, you know, do the stuff the church wants to do, share some food and clothing and shelter. And, you know, they're trying to do some of that stuff. But, you know, they're doing it in ways that are just really creating some conflict. You know, some of them have personalities. Some of them don't get along with others. Occasionally, there's some gossiping going on. Sometimes, even while they're out there doing all this good stuff, right behind, turn around, they're all complaining. They are not handling God. God's business right. Yeah, somewhere long, long time ago, far, far away. Anyway, <laughs> Paul gets his letter, and what does he reply? He replies, what does it matter? Such a great question. What does it matter? What does it matter if your belly is hanging over your waistband right now? What does it really matter? What does it matter what form of transportation you arrived in today? I'm saying, what does it really matter? What does it matter if your socks and your belt and your watch match or don't match? Or whatever other collection of accessories is your thing? What does it really matter? What does it matter if we sing the song that you know from your childhood church with exactly the same words you used to hear in that church, or whether it's changed up a little bit, what does it really matter? What does it matter if when we're celebrating communion, we do something that you aren't really familiar with, like say, well, for instance, it doesn't matter what you believe, you can still come and get some. That's not what they did in my church, where they kicked me out, where I wasn't welcome. But darn it, that's what needs to be done here just with me at the table. Paul's saying, what does it matter? People. You seem to be mistaking something pretty important here, he says to the people of Philippi. We're just listening. He says to them, what does it matter? You seem to be thinking, shocking, that this is somehow about them. Them. Or maybe you're thinking it's somehow about you. 
them, you, either which way, you're done wrong, because it isn't about you or them, it's about God. All righty then, maybe we can get ourselves right on track. We don't know what it is that's changing our lives. We do not know what it is that shows up in these very human fallible people, all of us doing our misbehaviors all over the place, but trying to follow that little bitty part of our hearts that really, really wants to do good, and we are trying. We don't understand how God says yes to all of that mess and does what God does anyway in us and through us. But Paul says, let's get clear about one thing. You don't understand it, and it's not about you or them. It's about God. He says, let me make it plain. What matters is this, is that Christ is proclaimed in all ways. Christ is proclaimed in all ways. God is not limited by the smallness of this individual's prayer. God is not limited by the egomania underlying this person's ministry. God is not limited by our judging one another for those things. God is not limited by any old ideas that we're hauling around with us. God is not limited by any small person, place, or thing because God is bigger than it all. What does it matter? Not a lick. What matters is this, that Christ is proclaimed in all things. Can you see it? Christ is proclaimed in all things, not limited by us and our doings. Can you see it? Can you hear it? I'm going to ask again. Christ is proclaimed in all things. We just do not have the power or the intelligence or the wisdom or the will to hold back God. Amen? Amen. And so Paul says, for me, living is Christ. Let's think on that for a minute. What matters, says Paul, is that Christ is proclaimed in all things. That's a big little word, all. That's what matters. For to me, he says, living is Christ. Let's work that out for a minute. There's a common misperception that I suffered under for many years, and perhaps some of you have had this misperception as well. I used to think that Paul actually cared about whether I was a Christian or not. I'm hearing his word today. I'm hearing him say, what does it matter? This idea about what makes me a Christian or doesn't make me a Christian, that's a whole lot of stuff to keep me occupied in deciding how to do right, do wrong, fix it, make it better, somehow make the mistake that I think that this is about you and me and them and us and those and there, and I can get very preoccupied with whether or not you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, we are Christian. Woo, oh, there's a little song there. I can get very preoccupied 
with a lot of these categories and qualifications because I can often forget (laughs) what does it matter? Who's in, who's out, who's doing it right, who's doing it wrong? Am I qualifying myself for God's grace? No, because what Paul is reminding me (laughs) is what matters is Christ is proclaimed in all things. And that living is Christ. I can be dying every day. I am focusing on what does not matter. Dying every day. Focusing on what does not matter. Christ is in all things. All things. What exactly might happen if we looked upon one another, looked upon our world, looked upon ourselves, and saw Christ in all things? What might happen if we lived our lives, lived our lives as Christ? Not just showing up in church on a Sunday, not just doing whatever we do to make a good impression on God. What if we lived our lives as Christ? This is what Paul is saying. Stop keeping God in the little box. Get out, because God is so much bigger than everything that we construct You want some spiritual transformation? Let God in. You let God out of the box and let God in your life. And then let's talk about what happens. Then let's talk about what it means to live and move and have our being in God. Then let's talk about what it is to share the good news of life. We get so busy talking about being Christians sometimes, we forget about talking about life. A God who came for life in the face of death. A God who came for life in no matter the circumstances. A God who came for life and for healing and for joy. Let's talk about letting God out of our boxes and letting God in our lives and then see what happens when that get up and move happens in us. Paul says, here's the truth for him. He says, no matter my circumstances, I am proclaiming deliverance. Now, he's writing this letter from prison, people. He says, no matter my circumstances, I proclaim deliverance. Not I pray for, not I wait on God for. I proclaim, I cry out, I affirm, I say it is so because what is this thing? I don't know, but I know that it is bigger than me and it is bigger than anything I can figure out. It is better than any circumstance that currently is holding me. I proclaim deliverance now. That is Christ in my life. That is me living Christ into the world, proclaiming deliverance right here, right now, without me having to figure it out or work it out or do it right out. God is delivering me, that I claim. Can you proclaim deliverance right now? Can you proclaim deliverance right now in any circumstance? Yes, you can. 
You can. It does not matter if we understand why. It does not depend on me feeling right about it, feeling good about it. I can actually just step into the life of Christ and say right here, right now, without me understanding what this is, I am proclaiming deliverance in my current circumstances. And I am gonna proclaim it and proclaim it and proclaim it because I am gonna live into the light of Christ. I am not gonna figure it out and get somebody's stamp of approval that I'm gonna get there soon. I'm gonna say right now, I am doing this thing. Come on, God, get in here, and I will let you out. I will let you out however I can. Paul says he proclaims deliverance in every circumstance. He also says that he proclaims with hope and expectation. Hope and expectation that he will not be ashamed. How do we experience spiritual transformation? We live Christ by proclaiming our deliverance right now and by proclaiming with hope and expectation. Not just hope and I wish. Not just hope and maybe. Hope and expectation that God is going to free me from every shame that might hold me back. I am proclaiming with hope and expectation that I am shame free. Can you proclaim with hope and expectation that any shame about your body, about your money, about your circumstance, about where you've been or where you're going tomorrow, can you proclaim right now, not because you understand it, not because it makes sense, not because somebody else has approved it, but because you are choosing right here and right now to step into the light of Christ open your heart and your life up beyond your own understanding and beyond anyone else's and say right here, right now, I am claiming with hope and expectation that I am free of shame. Can we do it? We can. We can. We don't need to wait on anybody. We don't need to figure it out. We just simply live because for me, living is Christ and I can live my claims into the world. Paul says, I have another claim that I make and this is how this works for me. He says, I proclaim with boldness, out loud with boldness, that Christ is in my body. Pick your bulletins up, read it. It's what it says. I proclaim with boldness that Christ is in my body. Let it wash over you. You don't need to understand it. It doesn't need to fit with things that other people have taught you. It does not need to meet your approval or anyone else's approval. We can receive this good word from Paul in the Gospels, if we will. Will you? Paul says, I proclaim with boldness that Christ is in my body. That word body is translated physically in a word we know as a physical thing. It also is a broader sense. It means being. Christ is in my being, Paul says. What is this? I don't know. How do you get it? Let me tell you. 
you proclaim right along with Paul and any of the rest of us totally human saints that we will not be restrained and restricted by the ways of this world, but we will know new life and new creation through the God that is well beyond our understanding, but who can do great things in any moment because we say yes. I proclaim, I cry out deliverance right now. I proclaim, I cry out with hope and expectation that I am shame-free right now, and I proclaim, I call out, God, you are in my body. Christ, you are in my being, through and through and through. What is this? I don't know, but I do know that God is in it and of it and through it, and it is in me and through me for the life of the world, if I'll have it. Will you have it? This is what Paul is writing to the people. What does it matter? Stop paying attention to the stuff that just gets in the way of the life you are seeking, the spiritual transformation you are wanting. It is not to be found in a book and a how-to. It is not to be found in a doctrine or a rule. It is not to be found in the small little details of getting it right or getting it wrong. It is to be found in your life if you will let God out of the box and into yourself in ways you've never imagined possible. And once God's in you, God's coming out again. I said, once God's in you, God's coming out again. God's coming out in all sorts of ways that are spiritually transforming this world. That little clip that we just saw, and we saw those MCC folk and the fellowship folk, and they're in Zimbabwe. You know, let's think on this for just one moment. These are lesbians and gay men. A number of the folks you did not see are actually folks in MCC who are living with HIV. It's a group of the folks that went into this community of children who have been outcasted because of a disease in their body or a disease in their family. They do not have a home before this. They do not have a community before this. And they do not have celebration of who they are before this. And here come our folk are folk who have learned that we open our lives in ways that make no sense and God comes in and does something far beyond anything we could figure out. Here come our folk who have known deliverance from rejection and self-loathing and loneliness and pain. Here come our folks who know what it is to learn what it means to have healing of God in our bodies and to be free of shame. And they pick those children up, and they rock those babies, and they sit and they talk to those tweens, and they garden with the teenagers, and they say to them over and over again, we are your people. We understand something of what you're experiencing, and here's what we know in our lives. God is in you. Here's what we know in our lives. You are wholly beloved by God. Here's what we know. You are not alone. You may be across the globe, but we are your people, and you are ours, and we are God's. Those children 
talk about what it's like to look at grown adults who have a disease and are living, to talk and be held by grown adults who say, we love you just like you are. We have lovers and friends and partners and all sorts of people in our homes who have that same thing you have right now. What a good life we have. There is so much hope in your life. They talk about the transformation that occurs because they have opened themselves to the what is this miracle of God's grace, power, and presence in their lives, and they cannot keep it in. It comes out and out and out again for the life of the world. What is spiritual transformation? It's that thing that's already happening in you. Let it in and let it out. In Jesus' name, amen.